This is Kanu feeding Henri. It's still Gianni Henri. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another podcast. Yes, that's right. We're banging them in there. First game of the season. The new era begins. And uh, so do we. I feel rejuvenated, actually. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because one of the times that I was we were doing the podcast, it was just basically the same old thing, talking about the same old thing, and it just got repetitive. But I feel rejuvenated. Well, so to speak. The Unai Emery era began on Sunday. As it began, it went by. Uh, I feel like there was some new things with a bit of mixture of the old. A bit of surprises here and there with the lineups. And, um, you know, it, it's it's it was kind of interesting because, you know, you, you're not seeing that familiar face that we've been used to for all these years on the bench fiddling with his what uh, his his track coat uh even though it's not cold over there right now so it doesn't really make sense maybe you and i emery might have the same issues we don't know but of course we had manchester city the champions the best team in england i think hands down uh maybe one of the top contenders in europe um but then again you know english teams seem to flop uh in the biggest of occasions but we won't we won't know until we see it for sure this season uh anyways that's not here nor there um what we're here to to speak to you guys about is obviously the beginning of the season manchester city versus arsenal 2-0 to manchester city and uh to further speak about this match with me is my good friend Ryan Hennick. Ryan, welcome to the podcast once again. It's good to be back uh, consecutive weeks. Uh it's very as you said rejuvenating and uh yeah, exciting to to be back although not that exciting to talk about a 2-0 loss. Um but the season has begun and uh there are some positive signs so hopefully we can uh, you know, obviously focus on both the positive and negative, but uh, hopefully build on the positive uh, for weeks to come. Yes, of course, indeed, I I, I do agree. Um, let let's uh, let's get it out of the way here. Like, you know, you know, we obviously talked about how we're feeling like in terms of getting into in getting into this first game, and you know, we're getting the little heebie-jeebies in in our in our. Uh, you know, the, those butterflies in our stomach, you know, because it's the beginning of the season. We know it was a tough match to come into to, to, to begin with. Um, very much the underdogs, uh, David and Goliath, you know, if you if you will. Um, give us your your overall opinion on the match from the starting lineup to some interesting players left out of the starting lineup which we thought we might might want to start um i i do think that there was some positives uh of this match even though people are are a little towards the negative side but uh ryan what's your take what was your take on the match um i mean overall if you look at 
you know, starting 11, I think the biggest surprise inclusion was probably going to be um, Guendozi over, uh, really, I mean, probably over anyone, but, um, but maybe not too much of a surprise considering how much he featured in preseason and um, obviously caught, you know, Emery's eye and um, made a few mistakes. There's no question about that. But uh, considering the kids played, what, half a season in, in Ligue 2 uh, to make that step up, um, it's a big ask for him. So um, that was a big surprise, but I, I thought he had some positive moments. Again, uh, the biggest thing I like about him, which I noticed from preseason, I think what's going to translate for him um, for his future is his confidence. Um, he didn't shy away from the ball. He was active. He was he was always looking to receive the ball. He was looking, once he had the ball, to drive and and up tempo and, and drive the play forward. Uh, he wasn't just hanging back there playing little sideways five-yard passes. He was very, um, like I said, enthusiastic in his play. So that, that's a sign of a player who he believes he should be out there. Um, now, the mistakes are, listen, um, probably not many times in his career he's had to, you know, track the likes of Raheem Sterling um, off a of one-two or, or you know, stay with him across the box and then and, and being handed off from from the right side of defender. So those are all things that are going to take some time for him to to pick up on training and, and you know, watching film and all that. So um, not too surprised. I think the disappointing thing is when you look at the 11 with a player like him, you're saying, OK, can we afford to play a kid like this against argue, you know, one of the best teams in Europe? Um, start of the season, you're at home. Um, now, again, there's probably issues with with players and their and their fitness and their and their readiness. Uh, Torreira obviously came on, probably wasn't fit to play 90 minutes. Um, so I, I'm not going to sit here and, and be overly critical of the starting 11. I think another issue people probably had is, is you know, why didn't Lacazette start along with Aubameyang? So again, that could have been tactical. Um, maybe he was looking to play Mkhitaryan and Ozil there to try and, you know, try and have more of the possession, have, have those players who could make those, you know, kind of piercing through balls once we were on the counter. Uh, it didn't work out like that because, to be honest, we just didn't really get close to City all afternoon. Um, and, again, I'm not going to be overly upset about that because I don't think anyone's going to get close to City, um, you know, uh, throughout the whole course of the season. Um, what's scary about them is that, you know, they – they looked just about mid-season form, and we looked in still preseason form. Um, so again, it's not surprising. New coach, it's going to take a while. It's just gonna, it, it is. We're not going to come out of the blocks and playing peak Emery ball, and you know, playing people off the pitch right away. It's just going to take some time. So we got, we got, got. I think you got to be patient, and you know back the team, back the manager, um, enjoy the positive moments, the positive shoots that were there, because there were a few. And you kind of have to just live with the negative moments and hope that we can grow from them in week to week and not make the same mistakes. Yeah, I have to agree with you. Uh, there's a lot of us Arsenal fans out there. Um, you know, uh, you can only find them on YouTube. And uh, they're becoming very overcritical, and it's only the first match. 
I have to understand, we were coming in here, the underdogs, very much the underdogs. I think you put it uh, very well when you said they look like a mid-season team. We look like a preseason team. It's also, I'd like to call it like a rebuilding year, maybe a couple of years to rebuild the, the squad. Um, so I think we're being, like you said, we're being a little too overcritical of the, of the squad. Um, there, there was some interesting, um, though, um, inclusions into the team. Uh, you know, I'd like to think that when Licksteiner came in for Maitland Niles, he looked the part. He like I think when you when we did the the, the pre preview for the season and you were talking about Licksteiner, uh I saw exactly what you said. This guy is I don't think we've had a player like him for a long time that sort of hard guy, he's not going to take shit from nobody. Like you saw him uh, even during the game, like he was, he was getting in it with Laporte, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, yep. a couple of times. I think we need that. I think we're starting to build, you know, those types of tough players. Mind you, though, um, I do believe that we uh, we were very shaky in defense. Uh, Czech was, eh, uh, you know, he could have it could have gone really bad for him. But at the same time, he he did. Um, stop some amazing shots um i i you know to be uh the raheem sterling goal i th- i heard a lot of people saying well he didn't dive he didn't have a like he, he just it just seemed like he gave up from from the get-go but you gotta understand like there was a lot of players in front of him um it's really hard to see uh, if they're going to shoot or not, like he has to move his, I don't know. Just, I think people are being overcritical about that. Um, what did, what did you think of Czech's performance there? Like going forward, do you, do you think, I don't know, maybe against Chelsea, uh, Leno might, might get a nod or do we stick with Czech? Like, uh, what did you think of his overall performance? I, mean, I think overall he had a, probably a seven, seven and a half out of 10 performance. You look at, um, you know, he saves, he saves the Aguero one V one. Um, he made the double save on the free kick. Uh, he made the save on the Sterling effort before the first goal. Uh, obviously the, the, the comical moment was the pass where he almost just kicks it right into his goal. Um, and went out for a corner kick, barely missed the post. Um, but again, overall, I mean, it's, I think it's about style also with him. It, Obviously, we want to play out from the back, and and Czech just does not have the ability on the ball to, you know, play a 10, 15 yard pass like a. Basically, you have to have a goalie who can pass like a defender can out of the back into the midfield, right? Um, Czech just he's not that type of keeper, and he's not going to pick up that ability um, over the course of some training sessions uh, with a new coach. So. Um, now there's some reports going on that uh, that the coaching staff has not been overly impressed with Leno in training, um, and I mean mm. he is the type he is the type of goalie who can play with the ball at his feet and and confident enough to, to to play passes and to receive the ball under pressure and not just hoof it long. Um, but I think if we're gonna play with Czech, we need to kind of have that balance of sometimes. 
just get rid of the damn ball, pump it upfield, and you live to fight another day. Um, otherwise, I think we're going to con- concede a lot of a lot of goals, a lot of give up, a lot of chances. Trying to play out from the back, putting guys under pressure because the ball isn't isn't accurate enough, and teams waiting for that and then pouncing, you know, um, pouncing on those mistakes, picking up the ball in a dangerous area in our final third. So um, I don't I don't think he'll go away from check anytime soon. I think Leno will obviously get his chance at some point, whether it's going to be you know, in an early cup fixture, whether it's the Europa League proper, I don't know. Um, and probably from there, if he impresses, I think he'll start getting some opportunities in the league. Um, but I think I think going forward, it's still Czech's job. Mm, now, now, just touching on the Licksteiner, um, uh, Mr. Licksteiner here, uh, what, what did you think of his overall performance uh, coming in for an injured Maitland-Niles? Well, I tweeted um, after the Sterling goal. I, I was critical of Bellerin's just defensive positioning, as I have been in the past. Um, you know, I, obviously he he lets Sterling inside far too easily, and there's criticism on Guendozi, who also just kind of is in a upright position, who, who lets Sterling continue to come inside and, and get the shot off. Uh, but I said. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Licksteiner is starting by September. Now, I didn't mean he'd be starting the left back by September because now Maitland Niles is hurt. Who, by the way, um, again, no, it's not his um, natural position, but I thought he was pretty, pretty poor on the day prior to his injury. Um, granted, when you're half, when you're having to deal with a combination of either Riyad Mahrez, Kyle Walker, Bernardo, Bernardo Silva rampaging down your flank with either Mkhitaryan or Ozil as your kind of cover, it's going to be a tough day. But I, again, I just don't see enough from him that tells me he wants, he believes he's a defender. And if you don't believe you're a defender, you don't believe you're a fullback, you're not going to play with that energy, with that, uh, you know, hate to use the word passion, but with that necessary umph in your game to defend at, at an elite level and at, in this league, you have to, um, I mean, okay, again, coming up against Kyle Walker and, and you know, who's basically playing as a, as a winger, um, having to double up um, on, on their wingers who come inside and track runners, it's, it's difficult. So uh, I just don't see him as a fullback. And um, that's I think it's going to really come back and haunt us that we didn't properly, again, address a position in need, even though we had players there, i.e. Kolasinac. Um, I think, I mean, Mon- when Nacho comes back, that's going to be his position. And assuming he stays healthy, he's going to play majority of the matches there. Um, but I still, we have to look forward. And it's another position I think we did not address properly. And obviously, now we've got, you know, three fullbacks who are currently injured. So Licksteiner is going to have to step in there. But yeah, like you said, I mean, I, you know what you get from him. You're going to get, you know, sound positional defending um he's he's good on the ball he can whip in a good cross he's tough he's not gonna what what i think i think my biggest takeaway which is still a concern about the side just kind of zooming out a little bit mm-hmm. i again i again think we looked scared and intimidated when coming up against a bigger and better side right mm-hmm. yeah um 
I think you saw that the nervousness and some of the passing, uh, some of the skittishness and inaccuracies in the attacking third. You kind of expect that in a defensive third or sometimes in the midfield. You don't really expect that with the likes of Ozil, Mkhitaryan, Obama, Yang, Lacazette, Ramsey. There was a lot of players not on the same page, um, hesitation in, in, in letting go of the final ball, uh, you know, stopping going on runs, leading to passes being hit, you know, hit out for throw-ins. Um, that tells me it's a side that's because you didn't really see that in preseason, right? You saw some pretty good flowing combinations and players being on the same page, but you come up against City, you come up against the champions, now you're playing for something. Again, these guys look like they weren't ready to compete on the big stage. Um, I do think Licksteiner brings that. He's won, you know, seven Scudettos in a row. The guy's not afraid of anybody. Uh, again, he, he beat Real Madrid in the Champions League semifinal. So this guy believes and, and plays and has the attitude of, I don't give a fuck who you are. We're, we're going we're gonna to come for you. So I think the biggest issue the rest of the team has is believing in themselves and almost almost expected, okay, City are going to beat us because they're the champs. They're the best team. Um, they're going to beat us by just you know completely dismantling us in possession and pressuring us when we do have the ball. And it's almost as if we – the team fed into that mentally and and then allowed that to happen. Um, and I think that lack of confidence, lack of belief, that's, that's a starting point. If you don't have that, you're not going to get the most out of anyone's potential. So that's something that that's going to have to be addressed, whether it's on the training pitch, whether it's in the locker room, um, you know, again, but you can't, you can't, you can't get down talking about the players here. I don't think they will. If you can't start, obviously, pointing fingers and, and second-guessing, um, you got to draw it up to a tough day at the office, City just play, flat out being better. Uh, but we have to have a better performance next week against Chelsea. That, that to me, is the true litmus test. Um, Torreira should be starting. Um, you know, again, questions of how are you going to work Lacazette and Aubameyang together? I think they both have to be on the pitch. Um that's how we're going to create our most chances and the opportunities to score our most goals. And, um, but if we want to, if we want to fight for that top four spot, this is a match. We can't just come out limp and lacking confidence, lacking belief. Um, otherwise we'll, you know, we'll, we'll be right where we are last year in sixth place again. Yeah. I, you know, just going back to Maitland Niles, Licksteiner thingy there, I have to agree. Uh, Maitland Niles looked very poor. Um, hence why I think, um, my opinion, uh, city were just going on that side. I think Kyle Walker was just destroying him. I mean, he did keep up, uh, a couple of times, I think. Um, but the combination of Walker and Mares uh, with Gunduan, I mean, it was just, disgusting like he was getting destroyed over there i like to think in my opinion once again that once licksteiner came in for him sort of seemed to tame that side a little bit sort of seemed to balance itself out um i have to agree uh, we can't really um you know it's it's a learning curve i i want to say though um it's I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but like Arsenal 
almost seem to sort of hold their own against Man City. Like, you know, it, it, I don't know if because Man City, you know, uh, had had, you know, one one, you know, released the pedal a little bit. Um, but it seemed like, you know, uh, in previous times I've seen Arsenal play against Man City. Excuse me. I've seen them play against Man City and they would just get stompled like absolute attack 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 uh i think it was what towards this towards the end of the second half it, it almost seemed like man city was starting to uh shit their brakes a little bit and they that they started slowing down the ball or the play um did, did you notice that like there was a bit of a difference in there like arsenal held their own yeah i mean i think i think again yeah, there were positive signs we we were creating some opportunities on the counter. Uh, I think, uh, I think that was probably the most frustrating thing about the match is when those opportunities were there, we were sloppy and on Arsenal, like with, with those, with our attacking players, once they got in those positions, I mean, Ramsey had that early chance. Um, it kind of, he went for like kind of outside of the right boot, um, effort from top of the 18, which probably should have taken with his left. Um, uh, you know, Obama Yang had a shot wide. Lacazette had a shot wide. Ozil had a had a heavy touch from um, it was Ederson's giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot a lot of potential counterattacking. That again, our our fluidity was just was just not there. Which is which is something that you don't expect. You expect you know the the crisp passing, the combinations, the the timing of the runs to be there. Um, and so you know I I think that's going to be bit of an anomaly i don't i'm not worried that that's going to be a constant thing um get i think more probably the nerves and the and the pressure of of you know yeah city aren't they're not immortal right you can you can get at them because how many how, how many bodies they they pile forward um once the ball's turned over there's there's space in behind on the counter so mm-hmm. um and I, I do think also, I, I, like last year's match at the Emirates, I think they, they went up three 0 on the first thirty minutes. They kind of just they were they were coasting a little bit. I I don't think they really believed that we had the ability to to break them down, and I think that reflected in their kind of their their drop in tempo. Um, you know, also they're you know they're missing David Silva, De Bruyne didn't start, um, so arguably their two best players um, weren't there from the off. So I, I think that's also, uh, which, which makes them even scarier when you have, you know, Bernardo Silva is, is a guy who a brilliant player who, you know, may not make their, their best 11 when it's all said and done. But uh, yeah, just uh, that's kind of had a little daydream there of, of what, Arsenal used to look like with all, all the little brilliant midfielders and options <laughs> off the bench, but it's um, uh, it's interesting to see um, the plethora of players they have. Yeah, yeah, they're. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I, I don't think it was a it wasn't an abysmal performance. Um, I think City comfortably dominated the game, um, but not not in the sense where. You wouldn't you wouldn't look at the missed opportunities that Arsenal had and say, okay, there's there's something there. Um, it's just a work in progress, and it's going to be. And I, I I hate to say at the start of the season, you know, hey, we we got a chance to fight for the title. Um, 
you know, we talked about it last week. What are, what are, the, what are our expectations? What would be a good season? I, I Going into the season, I think fighting for top four is a realistic goal and expectation. Um, so losing to Manchester City on the opening day is not a the sky is falling moment. It's a, okay, um, there's some things we need to work on. There's some things we need to shore up. And what can we do? What can we show against Chelsea? That's going to be a bigger test for me than than this city match. Yeah, it, it, we we uh, we're certainly going to see how they line up against uh, against Chelsea uh, next weekend. Uh, I want to Ozil. Um, I mean, I I to me personally, I I didn't I don't like to see him on the wing. I did see a little bit more uh more a little more oomph from him than usual. I think he was coming back to defend. A lot more. I think he was he was right in the attack, but I I don't know. Like Ramsey down the middle just does not do it for me. That that should be Ozil's position, just playing off the striker. Uh, and then you probably could have had Lacazette um, on the wing there where Ozil was playing. I just don't. I just I I didn't see it from from Ramsey at all. Um, to me, that's Ozil's position. Like, did did you do you think that that'll change as the season progresses? That uh, Ram maybe Ozil might be in that position a little bit more, or maybe move Ramsey to the flank, or maybe not even start Ramsey at all. No, I I think for me, what a potential. Again, I don't want to draw too many conclusions from one match, but I think mm-hmm. I think a player who may end up being sacrificed. Um, is going to be Granit Xhaka. Um, oh yeah. Again, you you saw his deficiencies. Anytime they activated the press, once he had the ball, any any player within a few feet of him can close him down. He's just he's not quick when he receives the ball. He's slow on the turn. He can't play in tight spaces. Um, he's a great progressor of the ball, right? Playing forward, diagonal balls. But I don't think you can play the style that Emery wants to play. Um, and I, I think he's too much of a liability when teams want to. You don't even have to have a sophisticated pressing system. You just have to run bodies at him. And there's a good chance you can disrupt and turn him over. So I I think what, what we could end up seeing is a kind of a diamond – formation in midfield where you have a Torreira at the at the at the base in front of the defense you've got Ramsey and, and Guendozi um, on either side of them both active box to box uh, covered chunks of ground always looking for the ball moving into into spaces and kind of morphing into you know tens or, or sevens I can you know operate on the wing and, and just move out the kind of like city does you saw you know Bernardo Silva was kind of playing and Inverted winger, he would he would come inside, he would hug the touchline. Um, Mares would 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 drop inside. So uh, I, I don't know if there's a spot for both Mkhitaryan and Ozil. That that that's a worry for me. Um, I think you have two players who are I think a little bit too similar, and I think that was a concern um, when we first got Mkhitaryan. It was what are what are the main differences between him and Ozil that you can play both of them at the same time? Um, 
And so I think you have to ask the question, do you want a Mkhitaryan out there or do you want a Lacazette out there with, with Aubameyang? Um, again, I would like to see, so said so Torreira, um, Gondosi, Ramsey, and then Ozil in front of them. So you give Ozil a bit more of a free roll um, who can operate out of the middle. And then you have kind of a Lacazette and Aubameyang as a front two who can, you know, Lacazette, Aubameyang can both drift a little wide. Um, Ramsey can, can make those runs from deep to occupy that space in the middle uh, once we're in the final third. And you get your width from the fullbacks. Um, and, you know, you've got some protection there in the midfield when the fullbacks get forward. I think, I just think looking at Granit Jacques, I don't think he's mobile enough to be an effective player in this system. Um, you know, again, I, I don't want to be too harsh on him because obviously first match of the year, he did not look fully fit coming, coming off the World Cup. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I think the manager's got some, he's got some really tough choices to make on finding out who's going to be his best 11 and what system he's going to play. I don't think, I don't think he really knows yet. And I, I don't think it's really, again, realistic to expect him to know that. Um, you can play all the friendlies you want, you can train all you want, but until you, until you get into matches that count, um, that's really what you have to go off of. So you have to kind of mess around and play around with it and try some things out. I think we'll probably see that in the first couple of months. And I think we probably will struggle and drop some points. And um, again, I, I think that's to be expected. And we have to have some patience uh, until the until the, the best arsenal under Unai Emery will, will probably come forward, um, you know, probably around mid-season, November, December, hopefully. Yeah, I, ha- I have to agree with you. J- Granit Xhaka just did not look up to par. Just he, he kind of looked lost out there to me, uh, to be honest. Uh, once Torreira came in, though, um, you know, like you said, you don't want to look too much into it. Um, and you know, they're coming off of a World Cup and 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 whatnot. And you know, it's the first match of the season and and all that good stuff. I. I I, I there were some positive signs from Torreira. I think he was he's going to be a little pit bull. Like he he reminds me of uh, I mean an, an an upgraded version of Gary Medal, uh, <laughs> you know the 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 defender there, the pit bull. But uh, it's, it's yeah. small small little guy, um, fighting for the ball, uh, making some runs, trying to you know help help the defense as much as possible, keep them protected. I like this guy. You know, um, ever ever since even in the World Cup, you know, I saw him. Um, in the World Cup after after I wasn't really pay, paying attention to him until obviously Arsenal signed him and, and well, all the speculation. And I liked him. I mean, he was bossing Cristiano Ronaldo um, a lot during their match. Uh, so I do like him uh, overall. Um, so just judging off of this one match and i know you know you don't want to be too critical of just this one match did did we do the correct signings um i think yes and no i think we i think well again i i think it was always going to be very difficult to correct this team this squad in one transfer window under this new and we have it's not really one transfer window. Right? We had we had the Melissa Tats and Sinlehi um, executives in place since middle of last year, and obviously we signed Obama Yang, so um, that's kind of started the process. But I think 
what we had here is a, an example of kind of stopgap signings. Um, you look at Socrates again, that Socrates is a, was a known commodity from our scouting department, um, from Listen Tat, from Dortmund, right? He was there, he was, he was a cheap option, um, not too high risk, pretty, you know, low reward type of signing. And I think you look at the likes of, um, you know, again, Lichsteiner, um, a free signing. So somebody that was available, um, filled a need, but not exactly going to propel the club forward. I think Terrera was a type of signing we need to be making the next two seasons. Um, age range of, you know, 19 to 24, um, signing the guy who's not the elite superstar already, but has the potential to be. And then you sign him, you know, for anywhere in the 15 to 25 million range. And he becomes that, you know, 60, $70 million player. Um, he develops at Arsenal instead of developing elsewhere and then buying him at, at the top of the market. Right. Um, so now the player is a, is a player like Wendozi. Does he become that? I don't, you know, again, who knows, but that's the type of player. Um, you, you got to go young. You got to go hungry. You got to go athletic. That's the profile. Um, and I don't think we did that enough, especially in defense. Uh, goalkeeper uh, kind of seems like a similar scenario. He was a known commodity. Wasn't particularly expensive um, considering prices that some of the keepers went. So he was a guy who was available, who could get, we could get without really put, push, putting up a fight and going into a bidding war. Um, but again, that could be, we might need to be looking for another goalkeeper in two years if Leno doesn't pan out. So it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's kind of a risk, but not a huge risk. When you're talking 20 million today's market, it's not a, it's not a big loss if that, if that signing doesn't come good. Um, so I think I think this I think this team will look vastly different in this same time period, you know, two years from now. But I think again, with anything else with this with this era, it's going to take time. And I think we get caught up because you know we play FIFA 18 and we start <laughs> we 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 start career mode right. We 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 list everybody for transfer. Um, we we do. We, we search for the players we want to buy based off, you know, YouTube videos we watched or reports. So we, we go, we go and, and or by just, name, then, then, then you have, then you have, you start with the um, kind of the cheat code of, of extra transfer funds. Right. So now you've got like 500 million pounds that you can, that you can use. And you buy, you buy, you buy eight players and you're like, Oh, well that was easy. Um, <laughs> why, why can't why can't Arsenal do that? Well, you know, you, you can't. That's not how transfers work in, in the real life. <laughs> um, uh, that's not how real life is, yeah. No, there, there's there's too many variables. There's agents. There's players' wages. There's the team itself, the owner, um, and you've got to be able to move players off your wage bill that maybe other teams don't want to buy or they don't want to move, and so you, it, it takes time. It just takes time. So. I, I thought we missed an opportunity, but I, I'm not surprised based off kind of the reports we heard that there was not a, a huge sum of money that was going to be available. So 
we had to kind of pick our battles. We we spent some good money on Terrera. That was, I think, the probably most important area that we needed to strengthen. Um, we, again, took a pretty low risk, a low reward signing with Socrates. And we're going to have to wait before we can, you know, make that Virgil van Dyke type signing uh, in center, center defense. Probably going to probably is going to have to be, though, next, next summer, um, you know, at the latest. Um, but that, that's that's what it's going to be for the time being. Well, then, uh, let's let's move, uh, I guess, to preview Chelsea. And I guess that's a wrap. It's a pretty straightforward podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We get straight to the point with these podcasts. Um, so Chelsea started off well, 3 nothing against Huddersfield, whether you want to take that, ho- however you want to take that. Um, no team in the Premier League is an easy team to play against. I think it's the best league in the world. Um, it doesn't matter if, if you're a, a, a Man City or a Huddersfield or you know even a West Ham, even though they have some pretty good players, all teams are difficult to play against now i didn't see the chelsea match i haven't seen any highlights um but uh going by you know all the reports of them you know losing courtois possibly still what maybe losing hazard even though it seems very very unlikely i do not know correct me if i'm wrong ryan um but uh yeah go for it I was gonna say he, he he'll, he's gonna be staying. There he's staying. Boom. Um, it, it was a pretty comfortable win for them. Um, so how do you? Uh, so you you've already touched a little bit on on how you want to see them line up against Chelsea. So I just want to say uh, I, I want to ask you instead of that, in your opinion, um, what what should we be looking out for uh, against Chelsea? What what can we do? To, to break them down and, and uh, you know, po- score or at least, you know, get, get, I mean, possibly score, but also get the win. Like, what do we need to do? Yeah, I think, I mean, this isn't revolutionary stuff, but I think controlling the midfield is, is you know, probably, it's probably the key to, to winning in any football match. But I think especially against Chelsea with the likes of Jorginho and, and Conte, um, matching them up and, and being able to, to control possession, control the pace of play. Uh, I think that's, especially in this match, is going to be the key. So, again, I think the thing to look for is, is really who starts. Um, you know, I, I, I think can't see why Torreira wouldn't start. Um, uh, again, who does he start for? Does he – I think the, the easy replacement would be Gwendozi just because he's a young kid. He's kind of – doesn't really have any equity, right? He's not a. He's just kind of happy to be there right now. Um, mm-hmm. I think that would be the 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 easier decision in terms of, um, you know, not creating any potential rifts with with a player like Granit Xhaka, potentially in the locker room itself. So that is probably something I I, I could see. Um, and again, a big question is going to be basically Mkhitaryan or Lacazette. Um, you know, barring any injuries, I, you know, Ozil should start, Ramsey should start, um, Obama Yang should start. So, do you go again trying and having the two kind of number ten uh, playmaking midfielders, or do you go uh, with the two forwards and and you know 
let let the two goal makers, goal scorers, uh, play together and, and get that understanding, get that partnership. I, you know, it, it's, it's it seems pretty simple and straightforward, but you have a guy you spent fifty something million pounds on Lacazette, and a guy you spent sixty million something pounds on Aubameyang. You, you, you better find a way to play those guys together, because um, otherwise you you, you you went out and spent a lot of money on a really expensive thirty minute a game uh, backup striker. Which now, granted, that, that was you know that was before Emery's time, but I think he's got to he's got to find a way to incorporate those guys and get the most out of them, because. Um, whatever our accomplishments are this year, they're not going to be off the back of our defense. I think, I think we can all agree to that and, and kind of accept that we're not going to, we're not going to lead a league in clean sheets. We're not going to be a defensive juggernaut. So I think we're, we're going to need to score some goals and create a lot of chances to, to win matches this year. And, um, you know, you don't, you have two of the better players in the league at doing that in Lacazette and Aubameyang. So, I, I want to see Emery play those guys from, from the start and let, let's see what we have in a partnership and kind of like Liverpool did a few years back with, with kind of Suarez and, and, and Sterling. And they kind of, you know, just, you know, last, last, last team to have the ball wins basically, you know, when, when, when matches four, three, three, two, um, you know, five, three, and just, just go for it. Um, so that's that's what I want to see, um, and I, I would be a little disappointed if I if I don't see those two starting um, against Chelsea. Do, I don't know. It's kind of a I don't know. Not really a stupid question, but um, do you think? I guess do you think we're more likely to win against Chelsea than we were or are against Man City? I mean, I think I think. I mean, yeah, the obvious answer is yes. You know, City are, are the better team. They're the more – the better ability to dominate and, and impose their will than, than a Chelsea does, right? Um, I think, I think their, their back line is um, much more susceptible with the likes of, you know, David Luiz and Rudiger. I think if you put them under pressure, they're going to they're gonna give you the opportunities to score goals. So – um, that being said, under Sari, they look they look again confident. They look to have adapted um, pretty quickly. Granted, again, one game was against Huddersfield, who let's be honest are not very good. Um, <laughs> and so I, I think I think their result, their performance was on paper not a surprise and to be expected. So um, you know I, I think whatever happens against Chelsea, whatever the result is, the, you know the team sheet, all that. I don't. Again, I still don't think we can draw too many conclusions. We're not going to be able to really see what this identity of this Arsenal team is for at least another month or so. So um, I'm not, you know, I, I, I you know, of course expect us to win, and I, I think would be a huge boost for confidence morale if we did. But I'm not going to sit there and say if we lose or you know even draw or whatever, don't get the desired result that it's an indictment on what the season is going to be in the end or what the coach is or what these players are because it's it's this this stuff just takes time it just does and, and a lot of people don't want they don't you know they don't want to they don't want to wait they want the results now they want playing the peak football at 100 percent capacity now but that's just, just not going to happen so 
um, I think temper expectations and um, see where see what happens, see where it goes. Thanks, thanks for the memories, Unai. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you. I don't know how many matches you saw over the weekend, but any surprises uh, from from the beginning week? Um, or Mourinho's United, Mourinho's United getting a, a shit performance and still getting three points. Probably about the least surprising thing ever. Um, <laughs> West Ham playing the likes of Jack Wilshire, Felipe Anderson, Yarmolenko, and Mark Noble in midfield and getting absolutely dominated. That's about the least surprising thing ever. <laughs> Did Lucas um, start? Did Lucas play? I don't know. Did he? No, he didn't. I don't. Oh. Even, I don't even know if he played. I don't, he might not have, um, but oh, he wasn't um, on the bench. Yeah, no, I mean, probably not, not a lot of surprises to be honest. Um, I mean, Spurs playing shit, getting a, a lucky three points. So the, their, their luck continues. Um, so it's really kind of started off kind of how it finished last year. So, um, yeah, I can't say I was fully surprised any shock performances or decisions or, um overall results so um hopefully hopefully next week throw something up like a uh, shock arsenal away victory because that would be a change to the narrative uh from last year so <laughs> are you do- are you doing are you doing the fantasy how did you do in fantasy no i didn't do it this year um oh. I, I i won i won my draft league last year and I, I i didn't get paid out any money so i'm i'm doing a, uh, a, a protest boycott and, and not doing it this year. But, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, there's nothing uh, for me. Fantasy would piss me off. Cause you would, you would start supporting other players that obviously weren't on arsenal. And especially uh, if you had, you know, a Harry Kane or an Erickson, it, it just, it just left a bad feeling in my, in my stomach of <laughs> having to support the likes of, you know, yeah, a United, uh, Liverpool, or or Spurs player. So I decided to I opted out this year. <laughs> well, our fantasy league is up and running and well. And I don't know if you guys have seen the tweet that I posted today, but Ellis Mel, you know, shoutouts to Ellis, uh, one hundred and four points from Oof. the be- at the beginning. Uh, just to give you a little bit of a of a you know look into that. Uh, uh, myself, I got thirty five points. So that is huge. That is a huge gap. Uh, he set the point uh, with with our fantasy league. And if you guys haven't joined it, uh, there's tweets, there's Facebook posts on our pages uh, that you can uh, look into that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that will do for this podcast. Uh, getting straight to the point, Manchester City. Then we get see. Then we see Chelsea uh, on the weekend on Saturday. Um, and, and hope, hopefully we get a better result than, um, you know, at least, at least, at least score a damn goal for God's sake. Um, but, uh, either way, you know, we got to support the boys, uh, go out there, support the manager. Don't, don't, don't get caught up in all this negative talk and already trying to, uh, slate the manager and the players. We got to get behind them. It's a new era. We wanted this. We wanted this. You guys wanted Wenger out. Now Wenger is out. Get behind the team. Get behind uh, the the manager. Believe in what he does. Let's not get too critical, even though that's really hard. We are Arsenal fan base, which is uh, 
we we are on all different sides of the spectrum. But that's what that's what that's what makes our fan base awesome. Uh, all that's left is uh, Ryan. Thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your time as always. We go again. We we go again, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media. All of that stuff will be linked uh, on the description. Join our Discord uh, server or chat. It's a it's a good way for you guys to interact with all of us. Uh, I started it last week. Um, there's a link in the description of the podcast. Uh, it's in all of our social uh, media pages, uh, as well as the the Fantasy Premier League um that we're running uh join us there and it's a good fun good to see everyone uh doing doing all that interaction with you guys is awesome the response that everyone has given us uh since our last podcast is incredible uh we we've got quite a few listens uh for that one and it was just like within 24 hours we we got all a bunch of listens on it so whether you're playing it for 10 minutes and then that's it doesn't matter man thank you very much for being with us and sticking with us and uh we're we're gonna give you nothing but love uh for the remaining of the season so ladies and gentlemen on behalf of myself ryan aj and elliot which i'm hoping that you guys will hear from them uh thank you for listening until the next podcast we the gunners peace out